0: I'll be honest, should we scrap the agency model and just be overemployed and just go for like really premium marketing jobs? Maybe that's a better business model. I'm Jim Huffman and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question, what would you do if you were starting today? All right, we're doing it. It is January 2023. I got Jonathan on and we've got some stuff to talk about, about building in public. We're going to hit on predictions, maybe even some growth tactics for 2023. And then we're going to talk about share what we're working on around, you know, building our own Alex Hermosi style content distribution and creation machine. But Jonathan, what's up, man? How are we doing?
1: Are you doing Jim? Excited. Is this the first podcast of 2023 or? It's our first one. Yes. Awesome. Excited to do it. Question. How did the call with
0: Will go yesterday of Liquid Mind fame? Give Give the quick
1: synopsis on it. So Will is actually, he's an interesting thinker. I've heard some of those concepts, you know, just reading about other, you know, other creatives and business people, but I think the way he synthesized it is quite impressive. So essentially his old methodology is about finding oddities in the market in or at least whatever you're trying to do, things that are undervalued or overvalued and then focusing all on that. I don't know if you're familiar with Charlie Munger's idea of inversion. I actually don't know if he's the one who came up with it, but he's the one I initially heard this idea from. If you have a problem to solve, Why don't you just invert it? This is actually inspired from math, where if you remember when we were doing algebra back in the day, you invert the math problem to find the solution. And he, he, well, at least Will's idea is like just finding nonlinear ways of solving that that issue, looking at it from different directions to find that solution that few people are going to notice. Uh, And then I think one of my favorite things that he quite literally taught me about is just like creative sleep and even other creative activities. So when you give your mind, your subconscious mind some direction and just let it go, you know, like people when they're taking showers, for example, get a lot of inspiration and in they're, you know, that, you know, like light, light bulb moment. I've actually had that when I'm doing other things like working out, swimming, swimming especially has that effect on me, I've noticed, but it's anything that where your mind is in that rest state and you're not actively thinking and spontaneous ideas come to you. So it was overall, it was just the first step, but it was really amazing session with him. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about as we learn more from him. Yeah, for people that are like, what the heck is Jonathan talking
0: about? There's this guy, Will Hughes, who has this framework called Liquid Mind. And it's gone so well, he's become like a one person, seven figure company, maybe even close to eight figures. And he does a workshop with you where he's like your executive coach. Jonathan and I are about to go through it. I'm not going to say how much it costs to do it because I don't want anybody to judge us. Maybe we'll talk about that another day, but I'm very excited to go through it. I've, I I have learned about it through my entrepreneurship group. A lot of people have done it and they said it's been transformative. So more to come. I'm going to get him on the podcast too so I can get people some free content out of him. But one last thing, I'm doing this exercise today with some other founders in this group that I'm in around what this year, what do you want to start doing? What do you want to stop doing? What do you want to continue doing? And I thought I'd ask you, like, where are you at? one thing that i want to start doing more of is how do i change my frame how do i think differently how do i get exposed to things that change my mind because as i look or just change how i think and approach things and as i look at the last year It's when I really got out of my comfort zone to go to an event or go to a thing or talk to somebody or change my location, even just we went out into the mountains for a week. Those things really make you look at things differently. And I think the more I'm just sitting at my computer staring at Zoom, even if I think I'm working hard, I'm limiting the creative ideas that could come. So that's one thing that I really want to start doing. What comes to mind with you with that framework of what you want to start, stop and continue doing.
1: Yeah, it always comes back to that framework of if you could achieve your ideal goals in like 6 months, what would it take? And kind of just reverse engineering what it needs like what the actions you need to do to achieve that. I think it goes back a little bit actually to what Will Hughes was talking about is we're so we have these limiting beliefs that kind of narrow our ability to kind of, you know, imagine even imagining itself is a very hard ask for us. But I think if you expand your horizons, set an almost audacious impossible goal, and add a very aggressive timeline to it, then I think, Jim, that could propel you to take the actions that, that you need to go do those things that you fear to do. So again, for sure, that's that's a big one for me. It's, it's a mental model I come back to over and over again, but it's definitely difficult to execute because you get lost in the weeds of you know day-to-day activity yeah yeah it's, it's really
0: like thinking bigger so even if you miss you you still have an amazing outcome because i love the example whether you're like building a rocket ship company or you're building a you know sandwich shop down the street you're still probably putting in a lot of hours each day but it's like what's that potential outcome and sometimes i think we're playing the wrong game we have this insanely amazing team and how can we point them on different initiatives hence the the startup studio okay i've been rambling long enough let's get to Predictions. So I think you and I both kind of jotted down. I was beforehand, I was kind of sneaking a peek at what you had. But what are some predictions you have for 2023? We can kind of ping pong go back and forth if you want, but I'll I'll let you start.
1: So I'll start with a I don't want to say the least exciting, but this the item that's more relevant to us, which is that Growth It will build a remarkable content machine in 2023. That's by far the most aggressive goal. And actually, I could even sneak in a like going back to that earlier question, had of what are you going to start this year? It's like focusing, doing the one thing that makes everything else possible and even other things unnecessary. And for us, that's building that remarkable content machine. It solves all the problems, creates all sorts of opportunities for us. So that'll be all number one focus, at least for this quarter, but even I think for the rest of the year. So that's something we'll be building this year for sure, I would say.
0: I, I like that when we talk about predictions, you don't go macro, you go for growth it, and you call our shot out of the gate. I like that. I'll, I'll even go that way first. Well, I'll go prediction for us is heard this quote that kind of hit me a little too hard. It, it made me not feel good. And, I, and I, I like that actually. It's If you're not getting the results you want, it's because you're not as good as you think you are yet. And I was like, oh man, I was like, like we do talks, you know, we get a lot of attaboys and pats on the back for our little presentations. But if I really look at, Hey, what have I actually built and created? Yeah. I was a part of some cool growth stories six and seven years ago. Yes. We've built this agency and we've done some things, but I'm like, These are rounding errors when you look at some of these big outcomes. And I'm like, what what are we doing? So my goal is like to, and we'll talk about it more on the podcast. I'm not ready to share it yet, but we're taking two huge swings this year to really make some noise and it might fail epically. And then we'll try it again in 2024, but that's the shot that I'm calling doing things that hopefully put us in this podcast and what we're trying to build on the map and in a big way. So was that mysterious enough in the predictions? But go ahead, I'll let you go with the yeah, next one.
1: Actually, now I'll go a bit more macro. And this one is overemployment. This actually became a trend during COVID, where people saw that they didn't have to go to the office; they could stay home, which allowed them to have multiple jobs. And if you've noticed over time, was initially popular was raising funds for your startup. I mean, I remember even ten years ago, there was this, everyone wanted to do that. Everyone I was talking to. And then people started to realize that wasn't actually the lifestyle that they'd want. They would something more more lifestyle based, um, something that's sustainable. And then indie hacking and bootstrapping became more of a thing, at least for people in our generation. And then now I think it's trending towards overemployment, where you have a stable job, actually multiple stable jobs that you can run simultaneously. And especially as you stay home, you can balance those responsibilities with greater ease. I think this is definitely happening with developers and you know, people in technical roles. And I think we'll see more and more of this happening over time. And there's actually huge movement, Reddit groups, things like that. But I think that's going to be a big one, especially in a recession economy where one job is unstable and people and even the best firms are being trimmed unexpectedly. So this is going to be more of a trend I notice in 2023. Yeah, we we won't say their name, but I think you may
0: or may not know someone or even be related to someone (laughs) who has not one, not two, but I believe three jobs. And they're doing like high six figures and they always have three computers open at one time. So they're very I'll be honest, should we scrap the agency model and just be overemployed and just go for like really premium marketing jobs and just have, we could have a, what is it, not mission impossible, but minority report type of setup where we have computers open all the time and we're just like
1: killing it. Maybe that's a better business model. Yeah, unfortunately, though, with him, I've noticed, and this is a cousin, actually, I can, I can definitely reference this. I don't think you'd be listening, but it's there's burnout that happens. I've actually seen what burnout looks like, Jim, and it's not a pretty sight. Because when you're doing three jobs and crazy deadlines that overlap, meetings that have to sometimes overlap. So you're like, yeah, you're muting one Zoom channel and then activating the other to respond to different questions. It's, it's, it's madness. But that's that really amazing. That should be a
0: reality show. Okay, that's cool. Okay, so my turn. I'll go with... I'm, I'm impressed it took us this long because we both had on the list and it's probably the biggest one, but there's no doubt that AI is coming. So I'm calling it the, the slow to quick wave of AI disruption. And I think we're going to start to see it. It's happening. It's inevitable. But, but what industry is it going for first? And unfortunately, I think it's coming for ours. I think copywriting with marketing is is one of the, the first kind of ones to go. I think we're gonna be seeing it with creative and, and the companies to watch. There's one that might be disrupting us that's very impressive. I was also seeing, I'm more excited about this one, it disrupting the legal space where ChatGPT can give legal advice and give it in three seconds and not for you know $400 an hour, which is what we've had to pay for legal advice. And so I'm interested to see two things categories that that get disrupted, but two, opportunities that arise for this. But even as we use AI writing tools, someone still needs to manage it. Someone has to take it the final mile to get it across the finish line. So I'm very excited to see the wave of AI disruption and and
1: what's going to happen this year. You know, as you're saying that, actually, I was just thinking of like the companies that will rise out of this if you remember in the early 2000s and even like even just in the last decade, there was a lot of companies that rose out trying to make information available for people. There's real self in in cosmetics. So if you want to get a, like an, a nose job or something like that, like which, which doctor do you go to to get that procedure done? And then just gathering the information from people that have done it previously and making it accessible to you. And there's one based out of Seattle that does that for law, for lawyers. I think it's called Avo or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, and a few other companies. But now we're in this new wave where AI is going to be a complete game changer. But I think the part that I still think there will be some human involvement in that, I don't think it's going to completely remove humans from the equation. At the end of the day, do you trust a non-human entity to control these key functions of your life? I could be totally wrong, but I still feel like we demand human interaction to some extent. Or Mm -hmm. I think AI, at least in the immediate term, could just be a tool for people. So if you're a designer, you'd use it, it'll be in your toolkit something you use to just, you know, like all the other tools that are accessible to you. All right. What do you got next? Baby boomers selling their businesses or or assets. I think baby boomers are obviously retiring or have been for quite a while, retiring at at a huge clip. And this is only going to get larger. And I think there are a lot of businesses that are owned. And these are sustainable businesses that probably never raised external capital that are, you know, viable opportunities for people our age group to come in and potentially purchase those. Um, and I think that's going to be a bigger trend. I think, yeah, we've spoken about Cody Sanchez and, you know, the whole contrarian thinking around that. But I think this is going to be a new asset class, or at least for people our age, where we're, you know, actively pursuing purchasing those.
0: Yeah. And there's two things that are like, one, we talked to somebody on this podcast for cash where he was able to buy a vasectomy clinic here in Seattle, Dr. Snip, that prints money from a couple that wanted to retire. And they were only open three, maybe four days a week. And they were printing money. He acquired it, opened it two more days per week, and they have just exploded. And I've got a buddy who's coming to some good money that's looking to acquire companies. And I'm like, man, this might be the best time to be looking into that. But then on the flip side, all these people going into retirement, I have it now with aging grandparents It is insane the work that goes into finding assisted living, finding care, and as things progress, I and the volume of that's only going to be going up. Like what what innovations, what companies will be happening there? So there's kind of two sides to that movement of the the baby boomer retirement that we'll start to see the early wave of that right now. So one that I have is it's around what you're saying with you know yeah the the overemployment. You have the great resignation. One thing that I'm seeing, you have the creator economy movement. I'm calling it like the solopreneurship movement that's happening where a lot of people, whether they're getting layoffs or they're not wanting to be employees and be contractors, are starting their own things. We even see it at growth hit. No one's an employee. Everyone's a contractor. As we talk to people, everybody's interested in not just having a side hustle, but having multiple revenue streams. This is something that even as you talk to people, what they want to be when they grow up, they want to be YouTube creators. And I think more and more of this is going to the norm as far as how people make money and make income. And I think that it's going to be more formalized and in ways to do that. So that's something that I'm I'm super interested in and something we're trying to actually hire around because that's how we can get talented people.
1: Yeah, it's actually interesting to look at the intersection of the solopreneur and then, you know, the role of AI going forward. Is there an intersection where like AI enables or empowers or gives gives, you know, certain abilities to, you know, a young developer or entrepreneur to create a company solo? And I think we're going to start seeing more and more of those, like targeting different niches and different use cases. So that'll be another interesting one going forward.
0: Yeah, I always think if Tim Ferriss wrote the 4-hour work week today, like when he wrote it, the things he was leveraging was Google ads and virtual assistants. What would you be leveraging yeah. today? What there type of yeah. AI and whatnot? And so, and would it even be the four hour work week? Like what, what what would it be? What is that that new version that's a total paradigm shift in how we think and how we work? So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would need to wrap my head around that even more. Yeah, for sure. Today's episode is brought to you by Inside.com. Are you a founder, marketer, or executive that's looking for the next untapped social channel? Then look no further, seriously. This one just launched and it's already getting insane traffic. It's like the website love child of Reddit and Twitter, but for business. I love it because it's the social news site and community site that actually cuts through the noise, unlike other platforms. I can discover content from other founders plus it's a great place to share my own thoughts with professionals i'm actually starting to get a little bit of traffic from it for me i like the topics feature because i can easily jump into inside i can filter by startup content e-commerce content or marketing content to find things to help me learn or to help me make my own business decisions plus they host amas That means Ask Me Anything, so you can connect with other like-minded professionals. It's more than just news. It's an efficient way to grow your network with impressive business minds. I was sold on them because of the team behind it, Alex and Jason. This is the brainchild of Jason Kalkanis. He's one of the hosts of my favorite podcast, The All-In Podcast. He's an icon in the business world, the startup world, and he knows content. So you know the qualities there last you might want to grab your inside url before someone else does luckily i got jim huffman before my nemesis in minnesota got it if you want to connect with me go to insight.com search my name and let's chat i'd love to know what you think of the podcast or what you think of inside let me know what you think what companies are you going to be paying attention to and in 2023 either in an epically great way or they
1: could epically fail you know actually i I took a short trip to dubai during the christmas holidays and it was it was quite fascinating i was just you know observing people's shopping behavior and one thing that stood out to me and it's it has in the past whenever i visited there is the power of luxury brands and the company that 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 I wanted to call out is LVMH. That's the company. It's the holding company behind Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior, and things like that. Massive, massive entity. And I believe the, the, the main shareholder is also probably, I think the, the, the wealthiest person in the world in a non-tech from a non-tech company. And he's in definitely in the top ten French guy and things like that. But what's fascinating is just how they've managed to build demand, everlasting demand, whether it's a recession or not. There are always people who want to impress others. They they always produce. There's always less supply than demand. And you see lines out of ridiculously expensive stores and people essentially having to queue up, get on a waiting list to purchase something that's you know five, six figures. So just that really caught my attention, especially with all the talk of recession and just how they've engineered that into their business model. And if there's an opportunity for other companies to also think of creating something like that. But that's definitely the first company I wanted to call out. That's a pretty good one. One
0: that I have is, so I was going through the Andreessen Horowitz the venture capital firm, their big ideas for 2023. And one kind of quote stuck out. They said, the biggest company in the world will be a consumer health tech company. imagine if you could take United Health Group, but with the UX of Apple where you could actually, you know, make an experience that would be amazing. And so even a growth that we see a lot of interesting, like, you know, health tech, consumer tech companies. Um, One, I don't think this will be the biggest one in the world, but one that I think is really interesting is a free Novo. And what's interesting about them, they're just in like Vancouver, San Francisco, Minneapolis, and you pay two to three grand, to go into what looks like an MRI machine to do a scan to see if you have any early signs or indicators of cancer or other terminal illnesses. And they are constantly booked out. They're constantly sold out. This year, they're launching in like 12 locations in the US. And what's interesting, it's very premium, only like wealthy people can do it. But I. Th- think the costs are going to get lower and lower and the data set that they're going to have on people and how that could connect with my chart with insurance will will be crazy. And so that's
1: one that I, I think is going to be interesting to, to watch. Yeah, actually somewhat related to that is you're saying that I was remembering another company Forward that I visited, I think about a year ago. They have also very limited locations, but imagine your doctor visit feeling like, you know, walking into a Tesla or Apple showroom. Um, that's essentially what it felt like. Everything was automated. Large screens felt like a minority report. And yeah, that's that's one that I'll just quickly hit on. But my actual, my second suggestion here is YouTube creator and influencer-led brands becoming mm. sent like hundreds of millions or worth billions in, in some cases. I think Mr. Beast was recently offered the opportunity to raise over a billion dollars. And he's already built several brands within his umbrella. He obviously has reach pre-reach and a large dedicated fan base. When he launched Mr. Beast burgers, there were lines up to 21 miles long to get that first, like no other restaurant chain has anything like that. The same. And this guy, yeah. yeah. And they also do it without any infrastructure, right? So Mr. Beast doesn't own any restaurants. It like sits on top of, it's like the Uber of restaurants.
0: Yeah, it's uh, a ghost kitchen
1: or whatever. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, these are game changers. There's Doug DeMuro. He's, I think, one of the most fascinating car reviewers on YouTube, has a larger following than BBC's Top Gear and, you know, like other famous brands that have been built for for decades. And he recently launched, not recently, I'd say, I'd say the last year or two, Cars and Bids. So he has his own car bidding auction site, the eBay for cars, essentially. And that's going to definitely, he's probably gonna sell that for hundreds of millions, if not over a billion dollars over the, the next few years. So I'm just seeing more and more of that of creators creating their own brand and sustainable businesses out of you know YouTube or any other platform that they built their audience on. So just something that's interesting to look at.
0: Wow. That that's a really good one. I mean, if we are really smart with these companies we're trying to launch. We would just go after the biggest influencers, creators we could possibly get, give them whatever they want and be like, we'll do everything. All you do is make content and promote it. Or we turn you into a huge YouTube celebrity so we can choose one of two paths. But no, that makes total sense. What, one that I'm looking, I'm going a little bit smaller, but in the AI realm, it caught my attention. And it's it's video AI, And that's V-I-D-Y-O.AI. It's one of those companies where you see it and within 17 seconds, you're like, this is amazing when I think about it. And then I was like, oh, crap, we're, our agency is going out of business. But what it does is it, it makes short form videos from long form ones instantly using AI. And I test this. I uploaded one of our long-form podcast videos. Within 50 seconds, I got like 60 templates where it found the most entertaining clips, created headlines, did subtitles, make templates to match the brand. And to be honest, it was like ready to rock. I had to maybe do 5 to 10% more of the work, but I was like, this is insane especially you and i know the demand for short form video so i'm interested to see how they can compete and how they can grow and scale but that that's one as we pick horses in the
1: ai game that that i'm kind of looking to potentially ride geez that's scary i actually haven't tested any of these like a few of these ai tools but that's it's 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 unbelievable that it's managed to get it to like the 90 95 stage that's quite frightening and exciting at the same time. <laughs> the other one I'd say, actually, Jim, I'm very curious if you know this or anyone who's listening to this as well, is Adventure Challenge. Adventure Challenge mm. is the, do you know about this by any chance? No. So it's a one product, 80 million plus Shopify store, and they have probably the highest margins as well, you can imagine. And what they've done is, let me tell you a little bit of the story behind this. So it's it's a guy who wanted to you know create adventures that, would help him connect more with his family, and I believe this was done just pre pre COVID. And uh, it's a simple book. What gives you challenges, and also like the the ability to record those moments and you know share it in the future. It has a few versions, so it's an adventure challenge. It has it for couples, for families. So if you're trying to spice up your sex life with your wife, then this would be one you know one one opportunity to to look into. And they've grown. I think when I was looking at their numbers, first six months they went from, or first year, I should say, they went from zero to 6 million. And by year three, they were over $85 million. And it's a single product, a book, literally. And I was both, like, I was both, I was like, I, I, I my reaction was so like, you know, mixed. It was excited, like something like this could even exist, but also a little bit angry that it, I didn't think of something like that, but that was that was my reaction. I, you know what? I've been targeted with their ads. I've definitely seen this
0: for the couples one. So I I bet they have a huge budget they're going after. But yeah, this is so simple, but it's just packaged the right way. Quickly, um, yeah. A little infuriating, but also kudos to them. Very impressive. I love seeing that. I, I love seeing old things done a new way, where it's just branded and marketed extremely well. Okay, so let's talk about. We'll just do one, but like a growth tactic for 2023 that you're looking at. I, I can even start. For me, you're, you're seeing this shift. People are still recovering from they could be a one trick pony and be really good at one channel like Facebook ads. And now as like the the tide has, has come out, it's like you're being exposed if you could only do one thing. And we're seeing that you actually have to have this holistic approach to growth and be good at more than one thing or be good at things that are Truly, like long term, and have to be more thoughtful. So, my movement is around you have to have this holistic approach to growth, and you have to have a really good core of hey, what do we say and offer that's truly unique, and how does that ripple through on all the channels that we're doing? Because people that could quickly throw up a dropship site and do Facebook ads that isn't acceptable anymore. And so I'm, I'm interested to see the, the brands and companies that can do things that have one, a unique view and have a true like organic origin that, that do really well.
1: Yeah, I'm also just noticing the value of marketing stunts and things that might seem like that are definitely not scalable that require a lot of upfront investment time and resources but definitely sets you aside from everyone else in the market space, essentially zagging or zigging where everyone else is zagging. So doing the very opposite and something that stands out, gets people to talk about you. And I think that's probably one of the least expensive ways to grow. And I've seen this with like Equinox, for example, in January, it's you know obviously a premium gym where everyone else is trying to get you to sign up. But during that one month where they know most of the revenue is going to come in, they're doing the exact opposite. So they have this no January promotion you know, event And that gets more attention. So that's an example of, in this case, low effort, but very high impact to the point of here I am talking about it on a podcast. So these are the kinds of things that I think companies will need to do, or even individuals for that matter to stand out, because it's getting much, much louder. And when AI kicks in and all that content is produced, I think there's some crazy statistic like that AI will generate 80% of all or 90% of all the content that's what's Used ever since day one. Within just the first year of it being live and, and in full effect, it's like crazy like numbers, and you know that's that's quite frightening to me. So we definitely need to stand out in everything we do.
0: Yeah, that's a good call, and it's funny. I was seeing this study on how things
1: get referrals to work
0: really well, and it's not about getting word of mouth with a bunch of people talking. It's actually getting very influential people talking, and to kick that off, you do it with PR stunts. And marketing stunts. Because as much as I don't want to look at those like one-off tactics and whatnot, that's how you can build brand. That's how you can build mystique. And that's how you can kind of kick off word of mouth marketing. And so that's something we'll be testing. And crap, we have I we we have to end this because someone has a, a, a sales call that, that we need to try and close. But we didn't even hit on the $3 million challenge. So I'll give the speed round, update it. One day design. in sales, and that's our productized service. We're about to go pretty big with a stunt around that one, Handsome Chaos, hoping to launch in February. We're sourcing ingredients that are taking too long to get. And then we're launching a new one-day design, updated website. When's that gonna be live, Jonathan? Maybe a week, two weeks? I'd even say, I think, yeah, within a week. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, cool, man. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to go jump on this sales call. Sorry, you guys can be mad at Jonathan for us cutting this short since he had a fire he had to put out before this. But, Jonathan,
1: thank you, man. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. And I'll take the blame for this one. Have a good one. All right. See you, bud.
0: I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. After working with over hundred startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, GrowthHit has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out GrowthHit.com. are you a founder marketer or executive that's looking for the next untapped social channel then look no further seriously this one just launched and it's already getting insane traffic it's like the website love child of reddit and twitter but for business i love it because it's the social news site and community site that actually cuts through the noise unlike other platforms I can discover content from other founders plus it's a great place to share my own thoughts with professionals i'm actually starting to get a little bit of traffic from it for me i like the topics feature because i can easily jump into inside i can filter by startup content e-commerce content or marketing content to find things to help me learn or to help me make my own business decisions plus they host amas That means Ask Me Anything, so you can connect with other like-minded professionals. It's more than just news. It's an efficient way to grow your network with impressive business minds. I was sold on them because of the team behind it, Alex and Jason. This is the brainchild of Jason Kalkanis. He's one of the hosts of my favorite podcast, The All-In Podcast. He's an icon in the business world, the startup world, and he knows content. So you know the qualities there. Last, you might want to grab your inside URL before someone else does. Luckily, I got Jim Huffman before my nemesis in Minnesota got it. If you want to connect with me, go to Insight.com, search my name, and let's chat. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast or what you think of inside. Let me know what you think.